Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. I will make them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. Jeremiah 31 verse 9. The words God gives Jeremiah sound like a parent wooing his children home. I feel the same way. After over a year, Dorts may be coming back to live with us for a short time, and I've cleared space in the closets, made room in the spare room, which is my study at the moment, and I'm excited about having her back where it's safe and she will not stumble. A place where she can save money and eat well, regroup and take a breath. If I feel this way about one of my children, how much more does my Father in Heaven feel for me? God has a plan for me to prosper, to bring me home. What a joy. Amen. Hello, welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and this week I have a slightly different show for you. When my son was here from California, he brought all his podcasting equipment and recorded my blue-eyed cowboy and me for one of his shows, Earthship Radio. He wanted to talk about homeschooling, and really, our conversation is all that's needed this week. Today you'll hear how my son was oblivious to the decision behind homeschooling, how he thought it was a natural process, and having everyone under the roof all day long didn't seem odd and how I evidently kept things going seamlessly even when their Texan dad was out of town on a job. In fact, he pretty much sums the whole experience up as a lifestyle, which I agree with. It was how we functioned as a family and how all four of them, well, Ian, because he had initiated the conversation, took it in his stride as if as if everyone out there did it. As usual, I'm broadcasting from my flat in Garland, Texas, where the sun has come out. And the clear skies have rendered it beastly cold, but at least bright and dry. I've got hot water this week and have snuck a couple of Hershey Gold Nuggets to eat. I'm all set, so grab whatever it is you're drinking and snacking on and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNennies, where I'll be talking about the aforementioned move back in, tiny house drama and house hunting. Are you ready? Dortz has been scared at her apartment complex. I didn't like to say anything at the time, but a ground floor flat overlooking the car park is not the safest location in a complex where the surrounding environs are not the classiest in town. But I didn't want to set her on guard from the start. Plus, I was in Florida. She has carloads of people gathering outside her French windows leading onto her patio. They make noise with their radio, they drink, they smoke and simply disrupt her quiet life. They're not residents and when she calls the police they respond, have a few words and leave. She does it anonymously but feels that since they are rights outside her apartment, the informer is obvious. One time she heard a uniformed officer tell one of the inhabitants of the car, oh, I recognise you, you have a felony for threatening someone with a gun. That type of thing is sure to spook anyone, especially Dort's. So she called us and said, I'm moving out and in with you. Later she realised she'd presumed we'd be all right, which we are, but said, well, I know you have your life and here I am presuming I can barge in on you, but I can, can't I? The reality is she will probably stay with friends in the faraway area she has chosen to base her life. Her jobs are there, and it would be crazy to drive for an hour to get to an almost minimum wage job. However, I've told her it's her decision as long as it doesn't cost us anything. The tolls, for example. At least she has a place to put her clothes and her bed and other bits and pieces of furniture. I especially liked the several pounds of coffee she'd collected from when she worked at Starbucks that have now made their way into my freezer. I've told her also it would be a good idea to save some money so she can pay a deposit and have a couple of months' worth of rent before she moves into another apartment. I'm in welcome mode and I'm happy with whatever direction she takes. Perhaps we can find her a safer accommodation in the meantime. And our flat is now a 
complimentary hotel. Children are still a worry, but you gotta love them. And now for my conversation with my oldest son, who recently moved to LA and has set up a podcasting network with some of his friends. Here we are talking about our decision to homeschool on Earthship Radio, broadcast from an RV with dodgy connections. Prepare to enter the Earth-free. Are you receiving my transmission, or am I speaking to myself? Good. Welcome to the undisclosed location of nowhere. We broadcast for you. L3 presents. I'm back here in the ARV with Airship Radio. This is a pretty cool RV. It is pretty cool, isn't it? We got into this RV and we're pirate hacking our, our radio signal right now. Okay. To whoever's I think listening. you need a new front right tire, though. I probably do. Well, it, it hasn't moved in a while. It's oh. it's you know it's kind of a sedentary. That's why I'm kind of falling off my chair because yeah. it's kind of <laughs> listing to one side. There's a garden in the in the under the hood. A garden. Like, There's a garden gnome on top of the hood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Ian, and I'm here with my parents. I'm Larry. Larry and Vivian. Hello. 1992, which is close to when you started, you decided to homeschool. I was like eight years old. About eight months before I started to homeschool. Malia when Malia was, was born? Old. Mm-hmm. Well, right, I guess because that school year. That, that was only six when Malia was born. You what? I thought I, we started homeschooling when I was about to turn eight. Is that right? So did you, you decided, and then a year later... Well, I we, think I left Ticketmaster at the end of that year when Malia was eight months old. Okay. Because we were trying to decide whether or not to take her out of Gloria's. Was I going to get another job? Could we afford to keep her at Gloria's in Paris at the Montessori Children's House? Yes. Or, or did, I, did I get a... You know, because I didn't know whether I was going to get a job. And in the end, I decided that it would cost me more money to get a job and put the children in daycare. So that's when I decided to stay at home. But well, I see, because I, I never did daycare. I well, mean, I don't Gloria mean was—I know Gloria, Gloria was, was the only one. But I mean, that was never a daycare center. No, it was never a daycare experience. You know, it was—I mean, it would—it was just like going to a neighbor's house or going to a grandparent's house or something like that for that hour or two after school. We but were I mean, very I really, lucky to. But have you found did it that. a bit. Yeah. You did it. You had to do it a bit. I think I did it the first six, year, and then yeah. the second, my second grade year, I had after school activities. I yes. remember. I don't remember going over there that often that second year. And Could I you, wasn't at work all that year. I vaguely remember that. I, I wasn't because I volunteered heavy duty up at, at the, the school. school. Ah. I used to come up and collect papers and grade math papers and uh yeah did yeah. you grade mine ever yeah did you it was yes it was they used to have pause for she thought or pause for math or something like that pause used for to have yes that, like yes. on a tuesday yes and everybody in the school would stop and do the math yes collect it up this. and us parents would go up to the office pick up a load take them home grade them get them back okay within a couple of hours or yeah because wow. we couldn't stay there at the school. There were too many of us. They didn't have anywhere for us to stay. Right. And so I did that. Yeah, I remember doing that Goodness. with Malia. Malia would sit on the floor next to me, and I'd say, okay, Malia, two plus two. You were, this was Walnut Glen Academy in Garland. Yeah. Yep. Why there? Right? Why, not, why not any of the other schools that everybody was going well, that's to? that's a different story. Do you, want, well, do you know what the story is? Well, it was a gifted and talented school. That's the only reason? No. no, I mean not that. Not really. Not that it was. It was a weird or, or you know decision. But I mean, a, a gifted and talented school. You just decided, or did, did I take well, tests that I didn't know about? Somebody yes, had introduced us to the you idea. You know who it was who introduced us? Who? Yeah. The lady next door that lived in the Murphy's house. The lady who lived next door to us was in Beirut at the same time that I was in Beirut. Wow! But I didn't know that until she came in and had coffee with me after you were born. Yeah. And she came over and, uh, you know, she would visit with me and she bought me a gift. And she, she introduced, introduced us to those pumpkin roll, the pumpkin roll. Oh, yes. You know, that delicious yeah, pumpkin yeah, roll that we yeah. make. And her boys were quite a bit older than you. Okay. And they went to Walnut Glen. Okay. And she said, well, you should send your boy to Walnut Glen because you're getting ready to outgrow Gloria's. 
Why? Well, you're in the Montessori. You're getting ready to outgrow the Montessori school at six. And it was a test. They came to the school and they tested several of the children at the school. At Montessori? Yeah. But Ah. it was just just simple tests, you know, IQ type tests. You wouldn't have known what it was. And you got in. Tested me without my knowledge. No, you knew, but you didn't know what it was. Without without my knowledge. Yeah, and you went to the school and then Simon got tested and he went to the school. And then Paris got tested and she didn't get tested to go to the school. Uh She did get tested, but she didn't pass the test. And that's one of my reasons why I decided to homeschool. Yeah, I mean, one that would have been ridiculous. three reasons. It would have been ridiculous to send your kids to two separate schools. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And the other reasons were that, that you... I was I mean, fed up felt, with my job. Oh, you were you just fed up of working for the man. Well-heeled stranger. Well-heeled stranger. Broke the stereotype for us, because at that point, homeschooling, which Camden. wasn't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, homeschooling, you would think of... Birkenstock sandals and caftans and, you know, people out on the prairie would do that, you know, not right, not people in North Dallas or something like that. And Pam was just a normal mother living in North Dallas and homeschooling her kids. And, and we met her because of gymnastics, yeah, which we were doing outside of school. A lot of people do their, their extracurriculars and sports and stuff through a school program. It's usually a football or a baseball or basketball team. And... Because I did basketball for my two years at Walnut Glen, and then we decided to do gymnastics. But we had decided to do gymnastics before this. Before homeschooling. Had to have. Yeah. I mean, I'd done gymnastics, I imagine, since I was like three years old at SoCal. I have no idea why we... Oh, because of that. Yeah. Because of yeah. SoCal. Coach Vega. That's right. That's right. Um, so you, you didn't want to send your kids to two separate schools. You didn't like your job. Did you know homeschooling was what you thought you wanted to do, or did you have an idea? Did it cross your radar until no you met idea. Pam? I had no idea until I met Pam. Okay. I, I think I knew that I didn't want to homeschool. What did you want to do? What did you, what did, was there anything you had thought to do at that point? What was your thought before you met I was going to just homeschool Paris, oh. I think, is what I was going to do, or at least keep her at home. Yeah, yeah. And Malia, probably. You didn't. Well, I guess Malia was born. Malia then. was yeah, like yeah. Malia, she, she two or three. Been, or yeah, that. because you were doing so well, all not Glenn, the two of you. Thanks. It was an experience. Yeah, but you got to be principal for a day. I did. And Mr. Did. Drummond had to go into the second grade. Classroom. Second grade class. We did a tornado drill, and they all came out and duck and covered in the hallway and everything. And I had a bolo tie on. <laughs> I did. I did. I didn't wear a regular tie. You, you gave me a bolo tie, and I was all. I was a, I was up. a pimp. I was a pimp. <laughs> um, so okay, do you remember telling us that we were that you were going to homeschool us? I didn't ever tell you. It just happened. It just happened. I mean, because I don't vague. I vaguely no. I don't remember being told. I don't remember having a reaction to it. It just was. It was, and I was okay with it. We just said this is school now. I I, I you don't. Were fine. I mean, I, I remembered liking school, but I also remembered, uh, I mean, it was tough to keep up with the kids whose, whose opinions were so wishy-washy all the time, and I, I didn't, it's not that I didn't fit in, but I I don't know that I was on board with all the stupid... You I went straight from second grade to fourth grade, that probably was a good enough reason. Well, that's true, <laughs> yeah, I remember that, I remember that. I had to take a test, didn't I? Well, maybe Calvert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a Calvert. It was a Calvert placement test, and I, I do remember doing this over the end of the summer. Uh, you know that happened, and then I do re- our first day homeschooling. We did our homeschool, and then downstairs we watched um, the Jetsons movie. That was our first day homeschooling. Not that it was like after the day was over. Well, that was when I um, closed the doors on homeschool, took you to the gym, and said to Pam, "Not doing it." Homeschool? Can't do it. They're going back to school. Oh, so that's why you watched the Jetsons, probably. Oh yeah, I had enough. <laughs> you, after the first day, you, just, you were done. The well, end. we had the we. You did it. You did it properly, in my opinion. It wasn't uh, get up whenever you want. We'll just kind of casually do all I these know. things and everything. I mean, we decked out the upstairs with cubicles. We did. I remember did doing that. Do you remember cubicles? doing that? Yeah. We drove around and the, we found this cubicle. school supply. I don't remember if it was the first year, but I, for the a good number of years. Ticketmaster. We got the some. beige we, ones? Yeah. The, one, the walls yeah, came yeah, from yeah. Ticketmaster. We bought some. 
and then we drove out I thirty to some place we had seen a, a used furniture thing right off the freeway, and they sold desks, school desks. Yes, and we bought four school desks. Yeah, yeah, and all. And we set up an upstairs, a classroom upstairs, which is what they tell you not to do in homeschooling, particularly. I mean, oh, uh, I it helped. Well, that's how we did it anyway. So. I mean, I but think, I didn't do. We didn't do it like that all the time. I think every year we changed. Well, we had the cubicles up there for a few years mm-hmm. until until Simon was very good at Simon, hiding behind the cubicles, well, not doing yeah, any work. Yeah. <laughs> you could just hear him whimpering in the in the cubicles. Just said that. I don't know this. Oh, I don't know it. Oh, I want to go outside. <laughs> Simon, well, it was a tiny. Malia now what? Now what? Malia now what? What's Oscar doing? Oh, I know. I mean, he he was more interested in doing what everybody else was doing because Malia was only two years old. She wasn't school age yet, and Paris was. Paris was just barely school age, right? Yeah, she was four or she five, five, five or something. Really yeah, yeah. Because uh, Simon only did. Simon went to kindergarten one year, mm-hmm. and then we homeschooled. And I was in the second grade, and then <coughs> started homeschooling, and we never looked back. That was yeah. it, it. Was again, it wasn't weird. It's weird to think about now, but it's it wasn't weird to think that man, my entire life from this point forward is going to be spent with my family for most of it just didn't didn't really occur to me for it to be odd. I remember walking on the beach with you in Galveston and you were really, really worried that you weren't learning enough. When? So I amped it up. Oh, maybe you were 10. Oh, so that's when you decided to start me on Algebra 2? Yeah. You were like, oh, he needs something really hard. And then, uh, then the next time you did that, I sent you to college. She did it? Yeah, exactly. I was 15. <laughs> she just, you sent me to college. Then we met Shelby. I met Shelby. Do you remember how we you found out that they homeschooled? Oh gosh, no. Was it the theater? Well, I met Shelby at, at uh, Charlotte's Web at, during Charlotte's Web. Yeah, yeah. But that took a that took a little bit of a it took a little bit of convincing on our part, Simon's and my part, to let you let us go over there at, at initially because it was a brand new family and Simon was friends with Cameron, and Cameron was how many years older than Simon? The same number as he is now. I know. Which is? <laughs> uh, Cameron six just turned, years? I think Cameron just turned 31. So, yes. Five or six years Five older. Six years. So, when you're talking about an 11 year old child, you're no. talking about a 16 or 17 year old young man. Pyromaniac. Yeah, sure. He was. And he was. I was very cautious about that. Had it been just Shelby, but it wasn't. It was Cameron that yeah, he wanted to yeah, hang out with. Yeah. And of course, I was obsessed with whether or not they had guns. Well, which they did. They did. They did. But they, I apparently reassured you, and and that they were, you know, in a locked cabinet and all that kind of stuff. I never saw them. I never, you know. No, and we got to know Calvin better. Yeah. By the time we did that, we right, that right, Calvin was more than responsible. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, a live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework. Knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out MarkLipinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. What about you, darling? You homeschooled too. I did? Yeah. No, I went to public school. Well, no, you were. Okay, so what were you doing when we started homeschooling? What were you doing? Were you still on the road? 
Or yeah. were you were you with with Shimizu? Yeah, Kai, I was no, trying was to find. I was yeah, I was doing stuff on the road, but I was no, I didn't start with Shimizu till. Who was your well, last tour? Yeah, Linda Ronstadt and Marvin Hamlish and the Pittsburgh Symphony or something wow. like that. That's cool. Okay, so you went on that tour and then just decided to yeah, come off the road. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't go back on the road. I did during you the firehouse. I did during the nineties. I mean, but during the nineties, I did uh, um, firehouse and a group from England called the Choir Boys and Debbie Gibson, some pop singer. Okay, uh, and all of that. But then, then we start. Is homeschooling started getting serious and real and all of that? It was time for me to stay home and and also you, uh, try to work from here, and not travel. Was it like a year or two? Of what? That, that he, before he came off the road, how quickly no. do you suppose he came off the road? I don't know. I would say it was several years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I wasn't on the road consistently like I had been previously right. before I was married. No, because when I was pregnant with Paris, he yeah. was out on the road for 11 months that year. That was um, the Bee Gees. Yeah. That was the 1989 Bee Gees World Tour. Yeah, yeah. that's that's, that's how many months I was the lead singer for the Bee Gees. Out of the twelve months, he was eleven months out of twelve, he came home for ten days, five days before Paris was born, and five days afterwards. And who was with us at that point? That must have Bia. been Bia at that mm-hmm. point. See, I know. Well, we I, had Carolina too, didn't we? For a while after, after, after she was Bia. after Bia. Yes, I did. I don't remember enjoying her as much because she was. She was more about keeping the house run and in order than Bia was making sure that we were taken care of and 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 happy and enriched, as Simon and Lindsay call it. But we still uh, had Gloria, though. So she didn't have you during the day. Okay, right, yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Um, and then you worked for Shimizu for a few years. Who yeah, in, in 90... Oh. Three years? 90, well, I did that for a few oh, years. Oh, Shimizu was before Who Could Up? No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was after. Uh, oh, I started with Shimizu in 96, I think it was, or 97, and through wow. 2001. Goodness. Yeah. And they were... Uh, it's a Japanese production company, but they had an office in Dallas. and uh, production, they were Stage great. production. Stage production, but all the, all their work was in Japan. Yeah. They didn't do anything in the West, really, but I would coordinate things in the West that went on their way to Japan. I remember one year... I guess it was the first year we started doing theater because we were in, doing the Rememberer when you left for the Tiger Woods golf tournament in Japan for a month, two months, a month and a half. Um, yeah, yeah, six or yeah. six or seven weeks. It was a long time, but that was the only that was really the only time I ever noticed and not well noticed, but it weighed on me that you were gone. Yeah, I was like, dang, he needs to come back. Most of the time, you didn't notice I was gone. Well, I mean, I just mom apparently did a good job, good enough job, making sure that my life was as smooth as it could have been. I didn't; it, there wasn't anything particularly missing. It was just exciting when you got to come home. It just it was just what you did. Yeah, you know, it wasn't any. But then you were home for a good number of years without going anywhere, and suddenly you were gone for six weeks. And that was it. Did kind of it did kind of mess with me a little bit. But, and uh, you'd tell people that your dad left home. I didn't, did I? Yeah, you'd say, my dad left home today. And I'd say, don't say it like that. It makes it sound <sighs> as though he's My dad gone. walked out on us today. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my dad left today, which was true. Well, I used but, to say that as a kid or yeah. when he went to Japan. Well, uh, whenever he was, as a, whenever as a kid, he would whenever go. he traveled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you used to, we used to rearrange furniture. That's what Simon always remembers. That was the that was our, our make us feel better task or or switch rooms. Yeah, yeah. We used to, but I mean, you know, we still do that. We still rearrange rooms from time to time. Just it's a every once in a while, it's fun. It's fun to to kind of have a new perspective on your room. Yeah. Where did how did we get to this? I gosh, I don't know. I mean, homeschooling your room. I don't know. Home, well, at a certain point. <laughs> We stopped doing homeschool upstairs because yeah. I started doing things in my own room downstairs, and Simon started doing things. Who did stuff at the dining room table? Simon. Yeah. No, Simon was the kitchen table. Oh. Yes, that's right. Okay, nobody was the dining room table because Not really. We would do writing. Maybe heaven in the forbid we break that the to that table. bowl the on the table. Bowl. Yeah. yeah, which we didn't. Not once. Well, it did get chipped once, didn't it? 
<laughs> it had a little crack. Is, but it didn't yeah. it did never get shattered or broken in half or no. anything. Is it no. still intact? Do yes. you know where it is? Yes, it's Yeah, in we a box. still we have it in a box. Our, my parents' entire lives at this moment are either in a in a small apartment or and it's not a small apartment, it's a it's an apartment or in the garage of the apartment. Yeah. But the entire twenty seven year accumulation of things in that massive house. Thirty. Twenty nine years actually. Well, well, no, you sold the house two years ago. But we but bought it in 1984. Five. Okay, all right. We were in there we for We bought it in May 1985, years. and we sold it in 2011. 13. We moved in there just before you were born, so you'd have a home to be born into. Well, and then, well, yes. I actually, Shelby and I went through uh, their old mini-DV tapes the other day and went down memory lane, but one of the tapes was them moving. And so it was it was interesting to watch Shelby's reaction to you know this because he lost lost they moved out of their childhood house when he was fifteen or sixteen, whereas you guys left our childhood house when I was twenty seven and so I mean I'd already moved out I'd had said my piece and everything, and it was you know still sad to because there are so many that's the other thing about homeschooling is that it just kind of it the main building that we spent most of our life in was our house. And then second, you know, close second is the theater, which is still there and we still go to frequently. Yeah. Um, so we met Shelby, we met the cooks and found out they were homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. How long after that, do you remember how long after that you decided to do a co-op with them? Almost immediately. Was it? I think whenever Charlotte's Web was, when was it? Like the Easterish time of the year, April, May? 1998. Yeah, it was like it March. Was, then the summer happened and then starting the fall. I seem to remember. We did co-op. I seem to remember the first co-op-y thing we did, and it might have been during the summer, was something oh, that... Oh, you did something, for just Ruth, she did. The Book of Ruth, yes. But just she did. She she Susan, did like a teenage... Well, because it was Shelby and Cameron, Simon and me, and I think Chase Randolph was there as well. And and it was just a, like a four or five week little video course on the Book of Ruth. And then after that, I seem to remember, I guess I thought, oh, well, that was a success. So I guess our parents decided to to keep us going on this. this well, Susan was doing those thing. things with the church, I think, <coughs> and I think she did a couple of those before I plucked up enough courage to say, "Well, can I do something with you?" Yeah. And she realised that I did as much work, if not more, than her. She yeah. suddenly found somebody that would just put as much into it instead yeah. of her having to do everything. Yeah. And so we did that, and I remember the year we did it with the fears, remember? She, Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca came in on board. One year. It was. And we did the little prince. Do you remember? Mary Jo wanted to do the little prince. Gosh. So that's what we did. Oh, that book. That I is know. one of the most she did a good grueling job. Mary books jo to get through. Mary Jo did a really good job at that. Yeah, I remember. I remember. So, okay, so what was a typical uh, homeschool co-op day like? I, what do we remember? Do you know? I remember getting up early. We'd get up at six-ish and have breakfast and do prayers around the table. And um, we were through and y'all were ready to head off to brush your teeth by seven. And I think you were buckled down to school books by 7.30 in the morning. First thing we did was always, because we did prayers at the kitchen table before you had to go to work and everything. Mm -hmm. And then we would go into the new room and do more Bible. We'd do Bible. Yes. Well, okay, okay, right. More, uh, we would do Bible first, and then everybody would go their separate ways and, and kind of... Do math. Math. So we did, we did Calvert the first few years, and then you yeah. decided to go rogue. Yeah. Go rogue. Do but you always made breakfast. I never made breakfast. I know. What did we have typically every single day for breakfast? Different things. Monday you'd have, Tuesday you'd have, when... Oh, gosh, I don't know. Fresh hot cereal. Waffles. Well, let's, let's go back Oatmeal. from Friday. Oatmeal would be made every morning. Yeah, we'd have oatmeal every morning, and then but Friday was cinnamon roll day. And uh, and then I'd come in. Sometimes you'd have Smokies going. <clears throat> Smokies. And there'd be crescent rolls. Yep. Some rolls. Days. Sometimes, but never in hearts. never cr- Smokies in crescent rolls. No. no. Smoky rolls. Sometimes there'd be bacon. Yeah, I mean, I would just I would wing it, but uh, pancakes every now and again. Every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. And Eggo waffles when we, we, those came out. Pop tarts. Pop tarts. 
We always had Pop Tarts. We always had the the Tupperware Tupperware yeah. things of cereal. Yeah, the little Tupperware containers. Yeah, we had you know we had the cereal uh, Cheerios and and the regular Frosted Flakes, Frosted Flakes, and things like that. We tried not to have too, too much Frosted sugar. Flakes. I don't remember having Frosted Flakes until I was double digits at least. Well, that's just right. Cool flakes, fourteen. You well, I mean, we flakes. didn't we didn't typically do sugary cereals. I think the sugariest cereal you'd let us have were those Smacks, the mm-hmm. Sugar Smacks, or even King Vitamin. King, King Vitamin yeah. was the cereal that would just shred the top of your mouth. And then you'd, you'd, have, eat your, it. you'd have your chippies. Chippies. Uh, <laughs> child Flintstone vitamins. Flintstone yeah. vitamins. Yeah. I don't know, I don't why, know why we, call we them call them, them chippies. Well, what is a chippy, Mom? Not it's a, a shop that sells French fries in England. Oh, it's not a it's not a <laughs> construction worker, a foreman, a, a somebody. A chippy would be a carpenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I remember, I remember you and McGregor using that word once, and it made me laugh because just because of the way he said it. And I mean, my 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 association with the word. You thought he was talking about was somebody like, who ate vitamins. What? <laughs> it was funny. Okay, um, so that's homeschool done. Well, no, no, no. It's not homeschool done. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Um, but co-op was we did a we did several subjects for co-op, didn't we? With Susan, we did. yeah, we yeah. do a whole day of co-op once a week. Right? Was it just once take, a week? Yeah, and we take lunch to each other's houses so we didn't have be a burden on each other. Yep, I remember that. The girls would come and color and play with Hershey and Sweetie and Sweetie. Man, we saw Those both of them dogs. in the videos. Yeah, the Cook's dogs, Hershey and Sweetie. One, the, both auctions, I think. They were. Uh, yeah, of, of some of some form or fashion. Because none of them looked the same, like the same kind of dog, but they were. Mm-hmm. One was a long-haired, one was not, I think. One looked like Rodney Dangerfield. No, maybe. <laughs> and I, then, who else did we cult with? We cult with the Rivers. Ooh. Gosh, I haven't she thought about She would do art while. because I couldn't do art. Ah. I could do art, but she was a good artist. Okay. And yeah. she wasn't comfortable doing English. Okay. And you wanted to do art, and I did English. Gosh. And read. See, that I, didn't last very long. No. That was her first year of homeschooling. She was so organized. She had to have everything bought and everything by the beginning of summer. And I'm going, hang on a minute. I uh, don't do that until the end. Yeah. And uh, I think we did it for one semester. And yeah. After that, we stopped. I, I I do I remember having hang out and play playtimes over there and whatnot. I just vaguely remember homeschooling with them, but it was my co op experience was always the way I think about it, it's always Mr. With the Belinsky. Mr. Belinsky. Well, you now that's your okay. Back. So this is probably fifteen. I was about fifteen or sixteen. You were going to college, or fourteen or fifteen. So then you must have been like thirteen, 14, fourteen, or fourteen. Maybe okay. Mr. Belinsky. You know that was when you started branching out with the subjects that we couldn't quite do at home. Well, you wanted to be an engineer, so I needed to find you chemistry and physics. I wanted to be an astronaut. I didn't know you had to be an oh, engineer to do an that. Astronaut. I thought I could right. just like apply one day and go for a ride. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, okay, so yes, we did Mr. Mr. B with um, 
the science. And we did a you know the the homeschool co ops with the 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 Jay Wild books and things like that. that which was you still like to be left, right? Well, forcibly left was was forcibly taken, detained, detained. Um, and then we found the ladies that did the science co op just down the road from us. That's right, and that worked really well. That's right. We I, we did chemistry and and biology. That was where I I dissected a pig. <laughs> for the first well i mean i i at this point i was 15 16 years old i never yeah, I dissected anything you know i mean by that point in public school you've dissected a frog and all those various you went straight things. for the pig well we did a we did a i think we did a piece of fruit once and then an earthworm and then a frog i think we might have done a fish at some point and then the fetal pig that yeah. was that, those were those were interesting yeah. Then you interviewed with Amina Ashwani. El, uh, Amina El Ashmawi. El Ashmawi. And that was at Quad C. Okay, so we we skipped ahead a little bit. I, and I guess we're just going through my, my homeschool experience, but 15, I'm 15 years old when you decided or told me that I should take the... The, uh, the no. Sophia. Okay, yes. And at... Some point that year, you had again said that you didn't think you were learning enough. So really? I, thought, well, I don't remember this. I need to get him taking his. You took your SAT. You wanted to take an SAT. Well, I so took, took the took THEA before I took the SAT. And the, the SAT was an easier test. Yeah. But the THEA, I mean, I remember I, I studied for months and months and months, and then you just dropped me off at Quad C one day because it was, it was a five hour test. It right. was. It yeah. was by hand, but though, was. though, and you were able to, there were three subjects math, mm-hmm. reading, and writing. You were able to do, have a look at, do, the, do whatever math you needed to do, but you were able to look at the prompts for the essay before you were able okay. to do that. And then you were able to do some of the reading. You were able to go back and forth. Oh, 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 yes. They gave me an entire yes. packet that yeah. had the entire test. And yeah. I just had five flat hours to do yeah. the entire and test. And I had, so That's I'd right. said to you, find out what the essay title is so you can have that mulling around. Yeah. I think, it, then, was, I think it was something having to do with, with, should we make it mandatory for schools to be bilingual? Something like that. I think that was what my uniforms or they do. Well, no, no, I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure my my essay question was the bilingual because I came down on the side of no. I think I I think if if you're going to come to school in America, you should learn English because we can't go to school in Russia and expect them to speak English for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that was at least the what was going on in my head and what I was able to hand write after taking five hours of math and English questions. Well, that was good. You're right. And you were 15. I was 15. Then you had to have an interview, a formal interview with Kathy, whatever her name was. Do you remember? Counselor yeah. or the advisor? Yeah, advisor. She was in the advisement office. She was That's with right. the homeschool group. Oh, so she, okay. So this was not something that was out of the ordinary for them to have well, a homeschooler kind yes, of do no, dual credit. No, not really, but there weren't that many It was fairly new it. to them, but she yeah. was the one that handled it. And then you, you took in a list of all the books you had read. It was front it was like three columns the front page and three columns the back side of the page and she looked at that and said and looked at you we were in the back of the room or something she said you mean to tell me that you read all these books and you said well yes <laughs> at that point I think she had decided that you you, you were going to I'd be alright yeah well, she said most of the kids there had never read that many books you know the college students, the older college students, in their yeah. whole life. You know. So what did you did you ever? Because I mean, you played a little bit of football when you were a kid. Did you? I mean, but you were in a band. You didn't do well. I I played YMCA football and I played it at, at, at elementary school. And so, but, but you I did Boy Scouts and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I mean, did homeschooling instantly wipe away any chance that we were going to do anything like that? Did that? It did didn't that have to, but affect it, you? It didn't have to, but it. It just didn't seem like something we did. Y'all did gymnastics, and then when that kind of started to <clears throat> unravel, we decided we got involved in the unravel. theater. Yeah, yeah. And well, and we were we were doing Texas Boys Choir and, and te- all you that know, too. Texas Boys Choir and all that. But and then and theater. It, it just didn't. I just really never came up. Yeah, you know, Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts or something. I was in that, and so was my older brother. But Rusty wasn't. My younger brother wasn't. But. So we we were always busy. Yeah. But 
it, those things just didn't come up playing sports. You did a little basketball, but y'all lost every game. Every single game. Every single <laughs> you remember, I remember that? You remember yeah. that? that was a, a one perfect record. record. It was. It was. Yeah. We did. Well, we, we, we tied one, yeah. but we didn't win a game ever. Not, not a single game. But we all got trophies. <laughs> Which is that's, that's okay. That's that's the important part is that everybody got a trophy. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, no, then so we were busy doing other things. We found I mean, not, not purposely kept you out of Boy Scouts yeah. or sports. It just that just didn't happen. What reason. was what was some of the most difficult parts about homeschooling for kids? Ooh. Remembering your names. <laughs> <laughs> Mom was really good. She kept up with everything and, and every book that was read. And um, you remember the calendars that she would keep up with and all of that. So yeah. I, mean, I think the hardest part was trying to figure out, especially when your father wasn't there, what to do with you at weekends and that to have activities, you know, On to weekends? kind of keep you occupied. Because during the week it was easy enough. You know, we did the homeschool. We went for a walk or well, rode that would, bike. That would be fairly normal for any parent, you would think, as to what to do with my kids on the weekends. I suppose. And you guys found theater was something we, we were could already do doing. We were already round. with you all day. Yeah, yeah. So parents usually are at work and doing other things. Right. And then, so they just have to figure out what to do with you. With the for two days out times, of the week, right. And then the evenings and maybe first thing in the morning. Yeah. But it was kind of like all the time. But yeah, no, but I think being all of being together all the time as as we were most of the time, it taught us how to be more patient with each other, <clears throat> and uh, so it wasn't so odd when we were together all all over the weekend. It was just no. you know the same. It was just well, we don't we, have, would do we don't have things. to do school. Yeah, but we would do different things. We would go to the park or go on a bike ride, have or, second breakfast. Uh, yeah, you'd get up so dang early. <laughs> We were so happy when you figured when we could leave you because you were tall enough to turn on the TV. That's before oh, okay. remotes, right? Right, wasn't it? I have, yeah. And we'd leave you cereal. Yeah, yes, I remember this. Maybe milk. I can't well, we knew how to get Did the we milk. put milk already in the bowl mm. or something mm. from the night before? Gross. I don't remember. Maybe not. Gross. I don't know what we did. And trust you to do that. Yeah. You know, you weren't allowed to use the toaster or anything, and then you'd get up and go get them donuts. Uh, I remember that. I remember that. Session. Did you ever did you ever consider not homes no, excuse me. Did you ever consider quitting homeschool? No. Did you ever consider sending us back to school ever? Mm-mm. Nobody? Mm-mm. Not even Simon? <laughs> Simon didn't do anything very much, did he? He was he was just kind of like he just liked to play. Is it safe to assume that he was the most difficult out of the four of us? He wasn't difficult particularly except trying to get him to do something. He was just ornery. And then one year he read Roald Dahl's, no, was it Roald Dahl's yeah. champion, Danny Champion of the World? Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a major book. I don't know how old he was, seven or eight, nine it, it was, maybe? It was, not, it was not Sweetness and Light and Charlie and the Chocolate Fact. But although all of Roald Dahl's books have, have some pretty dark undertones to them, well, no Danny matter how Well, Danny Champion of the World was about there. poaching and stealing. And I can remember Simon telling a homeschool group that we picnicked with at Heights that that's what he was reading and he got some really kind of oh looks and I got some looks you know yeah, because yeah. it was the subject matter wasn't the right subject matter but anyway he started off the year with that book yeah. another year he started off the year with Robinson Crusoe or some adventure story I remember reading that and always ended the year with Henry, Henry and Mudge or Mr. Putter and the what? Tabby. Tabby and Mr. Putter. <laughs> Simple books. You know, yeah. he'd kind of start the year with a really hard book and end the year. <laughs> he figured, I did my hard work. He did. I it was funny. Easy, he loved those other books, though. He liked oh. Wind in the Willows, one of his favorite books. I used to read to you at lunch times. Do you remember That's that? That's right. Yeah, I do. I do. I didn't eat lunch. I used to fi- make you lunch and then I'd read to you while yeah. you ate. We did things like stew. And sandwiches sometimes. Sandwiches, well, we'd usually but, have a proper meal when your father started working from home. Right. We'd have our main meal at lunchtime. That's what, when we'd have the stews. And stuff. You started working from home around 2001, right? Yeah. Maria and Michael. That was Maria mm-hmm. and Michael. That's mm-hmm. right. That was the point in which we were all all together most of the time. And it, again, it wasn't that it wasn't that different from any other point in our life because we did theater all together. Church, anything church-related we did all together. Gymnastics we'd done all together. Ballet was really the only thing that only two of us ended up doing there towards the end, but it was still kind of a a family 
thing. So mm-hmm. rather than, I guess rather than just have a family and do things the way everybody else does, you decided to actually just live as a family. And we did everything Little House on the Prairie style. We didn't want to. Kind of. We didn't want to turn your lives Definitely. over to somebody else to raise you. Right. We, mom, and we, we determined we decided that we wanted to be the one to raise ones to raise you, and teach you and show you how things work and think and you know teach your morals and all that. Not somebody else that was a teacher that didn't have any vested interest that in didn't, you. She didn't care what we did past our classroom. Right. For the most part. Right. I mean, I'm sure there were teachers out there that, that would have taken an interest if need there be. Are, but there are. Well, and they it, would have their own family values and right. um, traditions that they'd want to impart to their classroom, whereas yeah. we wanted to impart ours to you. So. Right. Yes, you're right. It was a lifestyle. That's what somebody else said to me when they read the book that I'm writing. Yeah. That it was more of a lifestyle. It's a cha- you know a decision to actually embrace the life of a family and yeah. Well, I mean it's that's it's as legitimate a way to do things as anybody else. I mean in other countries that's what they do. You know the the family lifestyle is the dynamic is a lot different here than it is everywhere else. And that's the other thing that homeschooling afforded us is to be able to travel because we could go to England in October for mm-hmm. three and a half or four weeks and not miss a beat because all we had to do is take some books with us and, you know, eight different papers throughout the, the time period or whatever it was. You you always had something field trippy. Well, we'd always be to, go see castles and museums yeah, and talk yeah. to cousins. And everything became a learning music, experience. Everything, yeah. yeah, for Visiting, sure. going on well, the train. Building theater sets was our, you know, wood shop mm-hmm. and, and all those. And... I mean, you used to have us cook over the weekends. You know, once we started doing week uh, a week's worth of meals on mm-hmm. over the weekends for the next week, you know, we would start doing that: the spaghetti and meat sauces, and the stew, and shepherd's pie, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, how do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. The show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. The only thing I ever felt that we didn't do that public schools did was like school dances and stuff like that. And I never, I never ever wanted to go to anything like that. I don't think I ever missed out on it in a, mm-hmm. in a mental capacity. I didn't ever think, oh, I really wish I could do that. Nobody, none of you ever asked to go to public school. None of you ever said, gosh, I wonder what that's like. I wish I could go. In fact, just the opposite. Sometimes you, somebody, one of the four of you would say, oh, I'm glad we don't go to public school after seeing well, public school kids I, yeah, you I don't, know, uh, interact or something. I don't think I walked into a public school building until I had graduated college. I mean, it was it was you know twenty years old. I, I think I walked into a public high school for the first time. <clears throat> but I mean, I started college at fifteen, mm-hmm. almost sixteen, and then the world changed because of nine eleven. Yeah, that was the odd part, and it wasn't the odd part. But like, <clears throat> in addition to 
in addition to being in a school environment that was not homeschool for the first time, and then two weeks later, something major like that happening right before we had our first big test, all that kind of, you know, it was a, it was a, an interesting, an interesting set of circumstances, but that I afforded me the ability to graduate college when I was 20. Yeah. That was cum laude. Nine years ago. Well, I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know that when I graduated because my final grades hadn't come in yet. So I didn't get to walk mm. with the, the ropes and all that. Yeah. But. Well, you had your hands tied. My hands were tied. Yeah. Um, was it more difficult to get us into colleges? No. Because we were homeschooled? Mm-mm. Were we treated any differently? Um, I think maybe one of the colleges here in Texas was very awkward. Oh. North Texas. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, because because I hadn't taken all my classes there, suddenly a lot of my stuff from Quad C especially wasn't going to transfer yeah. over. Um, but College of Santa Fe was fine. That was Two another school you got from. A&M that Simon went from to from was fine. A&M was okay. The only thing with A&M was, though, he couldn't get any scholarships. Ah, it was difficult only because he hadn't freshman. started as a freshman. Right, right. Whereas, oh, at the school yes, itself, right. Whereas College of Santa Fe were thrilled that you were going in as a junior. And, yeah. You know, so. Do you remember how many years total you were homeschooling? Homeschooled from when you were eight. 1993? Three. Until Malia was 16, I think. She suppose. graduated at 16? Yeah. 17? Something like that. She grad. She her so birthday's in January. Okay. You were twenty three. So what is that? Eight from twenty three. I mean, I guess that's fifteen years. Yeah. Wow. So that, I mean, that's that's the big chunk of time. Did it fly by? Yeah. I mean, I guess life didn't. flies by at a at a certain point. But I mean, too while fast. it's happening, it didn't fly by. It was kind of like we'd look at other people, parents that had grown children. We'd look at our little. Family and think, uh, you know, every day they were the same. Malia was still a baby. Paris was still three. <laughs> Simon was still four. You were still six or seven. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. You know, and then you would gain a year every year and you'd still look the same. Yeah. Yeah. But now all of a sudden you've grown and left and it's kind of like, wow, where did that time go? Yeah. But at the time, it seemed to go. It lasted a long time. It seemed at the time, to, but now, it? now looking back on it, it's it didn't. Well, we're. I mean, but luckily we have videos, we but, have writings, we have photographs to remind us. Right. I mean, if you think about it, most parents only have eighteen years with their children on on an average, you know, life lifespan, lifestyle, or and, whatever. And usually just a couple hours in the morning and a couple right. hours at night. Right. You guys had us all day, every day for. I mean, much longer than 15 years, but I mean, mm-hmm. in a homeschooling capacity for 15 years. And I mean, you guys got a lot more of us than most people get of their child, children in their entire lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the ease of communication, and I mean, you guys travel to England and travel to varying different parts of the world, and, and we can still have hour-long FaceTime conversations if we want to and all that. So I mean, I think it's it's... It's helped. It's helped a lot with us being able to be close and, mm-hmm. and understand what everybody's going through and and uh, live a pretty awesome life. Well, we hope so. That's what we tried to build for our that's kids. That's what we and, wanted because yeah. I didn't get that from my family. Yeah. And that's what I wanted for my my particular family. So. Yeah. Because yeah. one day we won't be here and we want you all have to carry on with your lives. And there's four of you and hopefully what you know you all will stay in touch with each other as a family unit and yeah. and maybe some of what we did will translate into your families or uh, or not you, you made sure yeah. you know, your choices may be completely different so. absolutely i think we're actually about to run out of power here i think that i can hear the rv start to sputter outside oh, oh okay i know okay i know okay. i okay. noticed something smelling is that is that the like the exhaust or something somebody's yeah. exhaust <laughs> As you 
just heard my Texans say, our children's choices may be completely different from ours, but from all accounts, our choice at the time seemed to be the right one, don't you think? I hope you enjoyed our conversation aboard the RV with a flat tyre and dodgy connections. We managed to capture the essence of homeschooling, I think, which is, no matter how we do it, we're all together as a family, tailoring each day to suit our gifts and talents, our circumstances and passions. What a freeing situation that is. Obviously, my oldest thought his life was perfectly normal. His home, his parents, his siblings were the main focus of growing up. He didn't find it odd at all to live the lifestyle we'd created and embraced together forever. To hear more of his podcasts, visit EnterTheElfTree.com or just Google his name, where you'll find the complete conversation that we just had on Earthship Radio. And talking about having a freeing experience, let's look at the tiny house dwellers for a moment where downsizing to 300 square feet is all about possessions and space, but more about state of mind as well. Taking one day at a time, they called us on New Year's Eve, their drop-dead date for being completely out of their normal-sized house, and said, I know this is short notice, but can you and Mum come help us clear our back garden? Not quite what we had in mind that dreary, drizzly final day of the year, but off we went anyway. After all, we don't have anything else to do. <laughs> we spent two and a half hours taking down the netting that completely covered their backyard. They have nine birds, remember? I suppose you know trees grow around plastic ties and rope. We dismantled a large enclosure that they had built for the hawk and manhandled the chicken coop so it could be transported to the tiny house the following day. At one point, during the hammering and pulling of nails, my cowboy remarked, Ah, now I know why we did so much theatre. This is just like striking a set. And it was. We also rescued two burrowing earth snakes. Remember, my son went to college, Texas A&M, and studied herpetology. And we placed them out of the hole where we'd pulled out a massive stake and into a flower bed. I pulled up some mint that was growing wild and put it in a pot of earth to take home, and most of it has survived. We had so much scrap wood that we made quite a display of it along the outside of their back fence in their alley. Thankfully... They had to be at work early in the afternoon so we could stick to our end time. And as I looked around, without our additional five man-hours, they would never have completed the task on their own. Kudos to us. After work, my daughter-in-law was heading to Houston to train lions and bears at a private zoo. I'm not talking about training them to dance or do tricks, but to present their paws or hooves for cleaning or their rear ends for vaccinations. So the following morning, to start the new year off just right, I suggested to my fearless Texan that he offer to help his homesteading son load the last of everything from the garden and house into a rented truck and take it over to the tiny habitation. He didn't have anyone to help him, and he wouldn't have been able to manhandle the chicken coop into and out of the truck by himself. It's funny, when you start to build those things, you just get carried away with all the wood, and you forget that one day... It may have to be moved. So off my Texan went, and I took a walk around a mall for a couple of hours. It was outside, and again, drizzly and cold, but there were shops I could duck into to warm up and browse for a little. I didn't spend much money, I promise. Now, after a month, my son and his wife are able to live full-time in their tiny house. The TV show, Tiny House Nation, airs on February the 2nd and documents the building of their house. And it's on the do-it-yourself channel. So we'll have a watch party, I'm sure. And if you think about it, put it on your calendar. You might want to watch too. I hope they're able to take the upcoming challenges in their stride and grow to reap the benefits of not owning so much and living within their means, not to mention growing their bird company, Window to the Wild. What a way to start 2015. And it's time for me to cease nattering on for another week. I'm off to celebrate my five-year anniversary as a sociable homeschooler. 
Can you believe it? And looking forward to what the new year brings. I have two books that are almost complete and ready to be shopped, so it all looks exciting. Not to mention a new house to buy and move into sometime in the future. Not the too distant future, I pray. I can hardly believe this is my 256th broadcast. I remember clearly how nervous I was about talking to a brick wall for my first few shows, but obviously I soon got over that. Thank you for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I want to extend a warm wave of gratefulness to my handsome blue-eyed cowboy, who believes in love at first sight, and my filmmaker son, Ian McNenny, one of the results of his belief, for sharing my show with me this week. Thanks also go out to my other three children, who feature heavily in all my shows. That's Simon, his wife, Lindsay and Paris, and Malia, the hard-working staff at Toginet Radio, my producer Casey, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, and Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob, Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to help you through your day. Take care and be safe. Go forth in peace for you follow the good road. Go forth without fear, for he who created you has sanctified you, has always protected you, and loves you as a mother. Blessed be God for having created us. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNenny on Toginat. The Sociable Homeschooler is Vivian's attempt to help dispel the stereotypical homeschool family. She and her husband have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who were willing guinea pigs for her foray into homeschooling, the Wildflower Academy, which flourished for 15 years. Vivian is here to be an encourager to all of you who are thinking of homeschooling. Plus, you'll have some great ideas on homework, vacations, keeping science projects in the house, and being popular versus popularity. So, we'll see you here next Friday for another engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNenny. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com.